Hello, Team Builder. Thank you so much for joining us today on Ask Michelle and Chris. We're here to answer your questions about team building so we can learn and grow together. I'm your host, Chris Cabert, of Fun Doing and On Team Building. I'm joined by my co-host, Michelle Cummings of Training Wheels. Let's go find out what we can answer for you today. Hey, Chris, how's it going? It's going well, Michelle. How, how are you doing? I'm doing really good. Yeah, yeah, I love when we get to be in person, face to face recording these. So it's fun to have you here at Training Wheels Training Headquarters. Wheel Headqu- we got to get you over to Fun Doing Headquarters someday. I know it. And train out in the backyard with all the dogs. <laughs> that would be kind of fun to see what would happen there. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, it's good to see you. Uh, it's a nice fall day. We love fall. I love fall days. Fall is my too. favorite time. Mm-hmm. And you, you're getting a little bit of a breather. Right, coming up, so that's nice. Mm-hmm. October is a little bit of a breather month. Yeah, I did my I did an in person training last week that was four days long, so yeah, I was tired nice. at the end of last week. And then this week I have a, I have a lot of virtual training. Oh, this okay, week. so you're you're busy. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, sounds good. Yeah. Well, let's jump in. Uh, I had a question sent to me a while back about keeping things fresh. Mm. The idea about how. What's the best way to rotate your toolbox and how do we consciously keep things fresh? Mm, That is such a good question. I love that. You know, I've had some tools in my facilitator bag of tricks for literally 20 years. And there's some of those activities that I just do over and over again that I just love, but I've tweaked them and changed them enough to where I feel like I don't know if they could get any better, right? So there's some of those oldies but goodies that you just know are your go-to ones. And at the same time, you don't want to only do those because you can, you can get stale as a facilitator doing the same thing over and over again. I mean, that is the definition of insanity, right? Uh, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Maybe that's not, maybe that's not true insanity for this because we kind of know what the results will be, right? So, so today, I think if we kind of dissect a couple of activities, but then also give some strategies on how to take your existing props, whatever you have in your bag of tricks, and turn it into something different and something new. For me, I know there is one activity that has been out forever. I'm, I'm sure it was a Carl Ronke activity of um, origin, and it's the key punch activity. Now, We've talked about this one recently a lot in the podcast through, because it's one that you can do with physical distancing. It's one that we were, was tweaked and changed to where you could do it in the virtual space. But I will just, I will admit out loud, I've never fallen fully in love with the key punch activity. Now, is it an is it a good activity? Yes. Does it have some merit? Yes, of course. And I've done it and I've done it a lot, but it's one that I've never just loved until last year. And I went to a Chris Cavert workshop and he did an activity that was key punch like it's different but it was a it was a way for me to finally look at key punch differently that really made me love it so chris i'm going to punt to you and let you describe this amazing activity that you came up with the one you saw was called the pangram project yes that's the one and i used bananagrams jumbo bananagram letters mm-hmm. It's set up similarly to key punch. Mm -hmm. So it's that key punch-esque. And people have responsibilities to letters. So in the beginning, uh, all the letters are face up and everybody is responsible for taking one or more letters. 
and they, one at a time they go out and touch their letters, A through Z. So I'll go out and touch A, you'll go out and cut, touch B, someone else goes out and touches C. So we're creating a process, we're creating skills and abilities to play this game. And then once we all know where our letters are, we flip them over. And then we have to go turn them over in order. So that's the second step. And if we make a mistake, it's like, how do we, what mistake did we make? How do we make that mistake? How can we get help mm -hmm. avoiding that mistake? And then we try it again. Flip all the letters face down. And then you're going out, flipping them over one at a time. Whoever's responsible for their letter in that sequence goes out. And then the ultimate level is called the pangram project. So mm -hmm. a pangram is a sentence that uses all the letters of the alphabet. Mm -hmm. And then we go through one word at a time of the sentence where people have to go out and flip over their letters in order to make these words. So it's a whole progression of a key punch is, mm -hmm. ask, yes. as you say, going out into that pad of letters and turning, touching and turning things over. Yes, yeah, that's a fun one. That's fun. Well, and what I loved about it is then when you trained other people where your letter was, and then you passed off responsibilities from your letter that you have been responsible for, for the last three, four times. Now, all of a sudden, you have to train someone else where your letter is. And at the same time, then you are getting a new letter. And what I love, there was so much good stuff that happened right there. I mean, from a metaphoric sense, you know, when you were, you're delegating your responsibilities to somebody else, you're assuming new responsibilities. There was just some really good things that, that, that went into that. So anyways, that's one of the aspects nice. that I loved yeah. about that. And, and we'll link to a blog post I have of just using small Scrabble pieces and playing that game. But it's, it's your idea is what have we been doing? And how can we look at it differently and change it? Yep. That will freshen things up. Exactly. That's the way to do it. Because now I would tell you, I kind of, I will love to like look at Key Punch differently now. How could I make it now something that I love that I can directly tie back to a workplace goal or a classroom-based goal, something like that, a behavior back in the real world. Yeah. So now I'm like, okay, now I want to open up my game bag and I want to get out all the things. And what, what have I not loved in the past that now all of a sudden I can do all these different things with? For me, another one that I did was uh, playing cards. And that's how playing with the full deck came about was... Okay, now I've got to come up with 52 activities. Now I'm looking at the same prop 52 different ways. So that's a good example of that. Other things that I do, people often ask me, how do you keep coming up with new ideas? And one thing that I love to do is I go where other people have been creative, like teacher supply stores mm. stores, and to the toy aisle at any big box department store or whatever. I love, or just, or your little, you know, indie game shops as well. I love right. those as well, but... Or and you, my favorites are pet stores because mm -hmm. the pets have such cool toys. Mm -hmm. And what could you do with those cool toys? Dollar stores. Yep. Those of you who know that I've worked with Ricochet and Ricochet games, the first three Ricochet balls were from a, a dollar store mm -hmm. in the pet section yeah. of a dollar store. Seeing things that might spark an interest in either using it as a prop in a game you already. No, and changing the prop that could freshen things up mm -hmm. or it could spark another idea of how that prop could be incorporated into a new game that you make up yeah. and try so trying things 
you know, you making up card games. You had to try stuff out. Mm -hmm. You had to explore and experiment. Yeah. It's having that mindset of, I want to try something. Yeah. Um, my mindset for as long as I can remember is I always do something new every program. Mm. Just to make myself do a new variation of the game. Maybe sometimes I don't have a lot of time to, to try something brand new but I know I can do a variation. So I make myself bring something new to every program that I lead. So I'm digging through books, I'm looking through videos. You have a YouTube channel that has videos. I have a YouTube channel. You, you have to be willing yeah. to go look. Sometimes it's hard. We're, you know, We'll put links in the show notes of some places to start, but to have the time, sometimes that's a barrier to success. Right. But the mindset of freshness also it takes a little time. It you, does. You got to make a little effort to keep things fresh yeah. sometimes. And another thing that I highly recommend is invite other facilitators, other people that think the way you do, that own rubber chickens and know what to do with them, <laughs> you know, to where everybody just brings one prop or one game that you want to look at from a different perspective or want to change and then get together on a Saturday afternoon for a couple of hours and just play and everybody can get some good feedback. You can brainstorm together. Ideally, those things cost no money. You just, you already have the prop. You already have an idea for a game. Then you just need subjects. You just need, uh, right. you know, people to, to give you feedback and to play the game with you. Try it out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah most definitely. You know, what's going on today you could even do a Zoom yeah, play day absolutely. where everybody bring a prop to the Zoom mm -hmm. and then say, okay, here's a prop. What are the things I could do with it? Now, yeah. we, you know, rubber chickens, for example, mm -hmm. like what are you doing with a rubber chicken? You Just by sharing verbal information and maybe doing a little diagramming on the Zoom whiteboard, you could get enough information to go, oh, I'd like to try that. The barrier to success, you know, is very... It's not as, as much as getting together. Mm -hmm. We can get together online. These are, some people might call them mastermind groups, mm -hmm. where a lot of successful people, most of the successful people in business today will be part of a mastermind group. Why not be part of these playmaster groups mm -hmm. where you're getting together and sharing thoughts and sharing new ideas, sharing ways of using, hey, I found this at a hardware store what would you guys do with it? You know, right. sort of a thing. That's one of my favorite things is just to go, I need an idea. I need to, I need something that's different. And I'll just go walk up and down the aisles of a hardware store yeah. just to see what's out there. What I could, what I could do with something that just looks weird Yeah, and then make it a game. Well, one thing I do in my experiential facilitation 101 course too is after it's a three-day course and at the very end of the third day, I ask the participants to pull together a four-hour program on whatever topic of their choice. And what would be your icebreaker? What would be your first activity or two? What skills are you trying to teach? You know, and what, what are your debriefing activities? What would it look like? And so I have them, you know, go into some good self-reflection and build out this four-hour program. And then I have them pair up with another person in, in the class and share their thought process behind what their sequence and what they, what they did and what they, 
what they think the anticipated outcome will be. And then they get a different perspective. They get mm-hmm. another facilitator to go, well, what about this? Did you think about this? And, you know, so even if you've been doing the same program over and over and over and over, then maybe it would warrant, you know, to you to like, you know what, let's everybody bring a sequence or two to a Zoom meeting to a Saturday afternoon um, facilitator play day or something like that. And then brainstorm even the sequence in which you're doing things. Maybe you're getting good feedback, but you know, from your participants, but yet you're, you've just done it so many times. You're so bored with it that you just need to breathe some new life into it because that also makes an impact. You know, your participants will mirror your, you know, the energy that you bring to it. And if you're bored with it, but you're still kind of showing up, I don't know. I think it it can kind of bleed into your facilitation energy as well. well. There's an analogy of a musician. You know, how long has James Taylor been playing Fire and Rain? <laughs> yeah. And every, you know, I've seen him three different times. And every time it's just rich and, and fulfilling for me. Right. But he's played it hundreds and hundreds of times. So it's, again, going back to that mindset. Yes, you may not have a lot of time to do new things, but how do you show up? How do you present it? Can you present it with a different metaphor? Can you ask them, you know, what are you learning from this? I don't, I don't, I don't know what you want to get from this. Let's explore and play. And you tell me what you got from it. You can, you can come at it from a different angle of letting them be the, the teachers mm-hmm. of this is what this would be good for. I might come in and say, Hey, I've got a group next week with some younger kids. I want to play this game with you so that you can tell me what they might be learning from it. So it's kind of a an interesting way to frame it. You're asking them for their help. Mm. And sometimes that re-energizes the way things turn out. Yeah. So it might be just the way you present might freshen things up. Yeah. You don't have to even have anything new. I would also encourage you to go through your game closet slash bag slash whatever, however you house all of your props. And if you haven't used a prop in two years, then you need to get that out and you need to do something with it. You need to, Oh, I like that. You need yeah, to yeah. reinvent that tool for yourself. Cause at one point in time, you may have loved it. Or maybe here's the thing that slays me sometimes is that I, when I finally, when I meet up with people or they're calling me on the phone, I'm like, I bought this two years ago and I've not used it yet. And I'm like, you haven't used that yet? Like that thing is amazing. I love this and XYZ and here's what you can do with it. There's something called activation energy. Mm. And the idea behind this is if your guitar is in your closet and you want to play the guitar and you want to practice, but if it's in your closet, you have to get up off the couch and you have to go open the door of the closet. You got to get it out of the closet. You got to get it out of the case. There's, it takes a lot of energy in a sense at mm. times <laughs> to get the guitar in your hands to, to practice. Versus if it's sitting in a stand right next to the couch, all you got to do is reach over and grab it and practice. So activation energy, put it in your bag and it's right there. And all of a sudden you'll be out at a program going, oh, I have this. I want to try this with what I put in my bag. Mm -hmm. That's where you're, you're giving yourself that opportunity to try something fresh. The activation energy is immediate. You mm-hmm. can just jump on it right away. So I like that. Get out something you haven't used in a while, put it in your bag and see what sparks. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Or put it in the center of the kitchen table and let your significant other, your kids, your whoever you share your home with, um, then let them give some ideas. Because I tell you what, there have been times where my children or my husband have come up with some really fun, good stuff just by me. Like, hey, what would you do with this? I'm not going to tell. I mean, some I'm working on, but I'm, what would you do with this? Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, that right there was brilliant. Yeah. I love that. And that's that. great to do with groups. If you have, especially those PE teachers out there who have kids over a semester, you know, bring out all the toys and go, okay, you got to come up with a problem solving mm-hmm. game. And that's a favorite of a lot of people. Yeah. And we've seen some great things come out of those types of sessions mm-hmm. too. Let them be creative and that becomes team building in itself. Yeah. Right? That freshen things up. Yeah. I love it. All right. Well, hopefully there's some fresh ideas. Uh, it's just going in with that mindset of wanting to do different things if that's important to you. So start small. You know, start, you know, doing a new thing every once in a while or get a new prop out, um, dust some things off and try some things over that you might have put aside and see if you can re-energize what it used to be for you. And that might freshen things up. Thanks so much for listening. If you have additional answers or comments about this question, please send them our way. And if you have a question you'd like us to tackle, we would love to hear it. You can find the submission link and anything we discussed in today's episode in the show notes. Find the show notes and past episodes at onteambuilding.com forward slash ask podcast. That's onteambuilding.com forward slash ask podcast. You can find me and sign up for my newsletter at training-wheels.com. You can sign up for my Fun Doing Fridays activity email and find me at onteambuilding.com. We hope you join us next week for Ask Michelle and Chris About Team Building.